chapter twenty two of the subjection of isabel carnaby this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the subjection of isabel carnaby by ellen thorny croft fowler chapter twenty two the effect of the horsewhip dumbfoundered with amazement and hardly knowing what he did charlie shouted for help and the veiled attendant came rushing into the room with her veil thrown back thereby disclosing herself to be none other than fabia's old ayah sadie see to your mistress at once commanded charlie i believe i've killed her and the big man trembled now as his wife had trembled a few minutes before the mem sahib is not dead she is only fainting replied the ayah unfastening her mistress's robe and pouring something between the white lips are you sure groaned the distracted man kneeling at her side quite sure sahib see even now the colour returns to mem sahib's lips and she begins to recover consciousness then i must go said charlie rising to his feet after what i've done i am not fit that she should ever look at me again but first tell me where is the real dr mukharjee there is no real dr mukharjee sahib it has always been a play of men sahibs no real dr mukharjee charlie could not believe his ears no sahib there is ram chandar mukharjee out in india but he has never been in england at all it has been a play of the men sahibs because she found the english life so dull charlie put his hand to his head as if he were dazed and i've knocked her down for nothing it has all been my own infernal folly what a confounded fool of an ass i've been the ayah tried to comfort him like the rest of his servants she adored captain gaythorne see the mem sahib is not really hurt she is opening her eyes then i must be off and before the dark eyes had time to unclose themselves he was out of the room and out of the house at first he did not know where to go he fairly reeled with misery he had assaulted his own wife had ill-treated her so that he had reduced her to unconsciousness and he felt that the shame of this would kill him he was a branded man he had disgraced himself and his manhood and he felt he would never lift up his head again that he had attacked fabia in ignorance was not of much comfort to him for it was his own unfounded suspicion of her that had brought him to this pass if he had never doubted her this terrible thing would not have happened the hideous fact remained he had knocked down a woman and that woman his own wife the woman whom he had sworn to love and to cherish and nothing else mattered he had done the one thing which he could never forgive any man for doing and he could never forgive himself he was a blackguard and a coward and he deserved to be drummed out of his regiment there was no palliation of such an offence as his no excuse for such dastardly conduct such were poor charlie's meditations he never attempted to make any excuse for himself excuses were not in charlie's way he had done a shameful thing and he must abide by the consequences that was the beginning and the end of it 
of course he should never see fabia again she would not nor would any woman in like circumstances be able to endure the sight of such a brute as he had proved himself to be no she and his mother must continue to reign at gaythorne and he must go away and hide himself as best he could there was no place in decent society for such as he he did not know where to go what to do and half unconsciously his steps led him across to prince's gardens people in trouble instinctively turned to isabel her common sense and cheerful disposition made her a veritable tower of strength to storm-tossed souls and charlie felt that if any one could help him in this terrible strait it was isabel seaton naturally he clung to his mother for comfort but even the filial charlie could not but see that isabel was far more of a woman of the world than was mrs gaythorne and therefore more competent to advise him what to do in a matter of this kind and therein he was right so he went straight to isabel and fortunately found her at home and he told her the whole story extenuating nothing with regard to his own conduct nor setting down aught in malice with regard to fabia's isabel was one of the rare women who cannot only talk cleverly but can also listen cleverly and therefore she heard charlie's tale to the end in silence her expressive face alive with sympathy one of her many gifts was that she could always put herself in another's place and see a thing from another's point of view it is an attribute never lacking in dramatic temperaments and an attribute which perhaps more than any other enables its possessor to attain to that universal comprehension which involves universal pardon therefore she understood both charlie's and fabia's position in the present crisis and sympathized with both accordingly when charlie had finished his recital isabel did not say much she knew he had come to talk to her and not to listen and he then confided to her his intention to banish himself from his beloved home for ever and to leave his insulted and outraged wife to reign there undisturbed in his stead it was his old mistake he set himself to do the thing that would best please his wife without first setting about to discover what that thing was but isabel did not fall into this error she was considerably older than charlie and a woman at that and she made up her mind that fabia herself should have a voice in pronouncing sentence upon her husband the only bright spot in the whole ghastly concern is that it is i who have come a cropper and not fabia i'd a million times sooner know myself for the confounded cad i am than that there should be a shadow of reproach against her she is all right bless her as i might have known from the beginning if i hadn't let my infernal jealousy make such a besotted ass of me but i was a suspicious fool not fit to black her boots and i deserve all the misery that i shall get and poor charlie looked out of the window so that as he imagined isabel should not see the tears that stood in his honest blue eyes isabel remembered browning's lines would it were i had been false not you i that am nothing not you that are all 
and she felt that the man in the poem would agree with captain gaythorne that in this case the worst had not happened isabel's voice was very gentle as she said poor boy things have gone crooked haven't they now what can i do to set them straight again she knew perfectly well what she was going to do but she thought it much better that the suggestion should come from charlie himself wise women rarely make valuable suggestions they guide men into making them and then they carry them out it is the surest in fact the only way of avoiding masculine opposition if they are very wise women indeed they begin with a slight demur this not only ensures the carrying out of the suggestion on the part of the man concerned it ensures it being carried out with enthusiasm that's just what i'm coming to replied charlie but he did not come at once it took him all his time just then to avoid what wolsey would have called playing the woman but what charlie himself would have described as making a blooming ass of himself the wily isabel thought aloud i wonder how fabia is now that's what i'm coming to repeated charlie and this time he came i want you to be so awfully good as to take a hansom at once and run round and just see how she is and how badly the poor darling is knocked about i should be so tremendously grateful if you would and then you can tell her that she need never see me again for i'm not fit for it and once again the big tears hung on charlie's golden eyelashes of course my dear charlie she'll be very angry at first you can't wonder at that but i don't believe she will prove as implacable as you seem to imagine she'll get over it you see you didn't mean to knock her down but i did it i can't get over that and she won't either simple natures look always at results complex natures at motives therefore charlie's point of view was diametrically opposed to isabel's well all i know is that if paul knocked me down imagining all the time that i was someone else who wanted knocking down badly i should get over it because you are fond of seaton and fabia has never been fond of me it makes all the difference don't you see whether you are fond of a fellow or not there's nothing that a woman won't forgive if she is and precious little that she will if she isn't isabel's heart overflowed with pity for the big man looking out of the window he seemed such a boy after all and such an unhappy boy well charlie she said cheerfully getting up from her chair ring the bell and tell perkins to whistle me a hansom while i go and put on my hat and i'll run round to fabia at once and see how she is and mind if i do this for you you must promise me in return to stay here till i come back there was a despairing look on the boyish face that made isabel afraid the poor fellow might do something desperate i promise he said simply and she knew that he was incapable of breaking his word but tell her he continued that if after what has happened she'd rather i was dead i'll go abroad and shoot myself where it would never be spotted or found out she's but to give the word see i see and i'll give your message as soon as isabel had gone and there was no need to keep up any longer charlie sat down on the sofa and sobbed like a child he cried as he had not cried since his father's death for there seemed the same upheaval of all known laws the same awful transition of the ordinary and familiar things of life 
into some dread and horrible nightmare now as then and now as then poor charlie felt that he should never be happy again fabia meanwhile was undergoing a new and strange experience she was not long in recovering from the shock of charlie's assault upon her as he had not had time really to hurt her because she fell unconscious at his feet and in so doing revealed her identity but although she was physically none the worse for this unparalleled incident she was mentally completely changed thereby as she gradually grasped what had happened and reenacted the scene in her own mind again and again her feelings for her husband underwent a total revolution when she saw him towering above her in his righteous indignation and literally trembled at his wrath she realized for the first time that this man was her master she understood at last that what she had mistaken for the cowardice of a weak man was in reality the patience of a strong one that what she had despised as a sign of vacillating feebleness was really the outcome of infinite self-control her husband had not endured and condoned her insolence and ill-temper because he had not the power to control her but because he had the power to control himself as with her usual quickness fabia comprehended how totally she had misunderstood and misinterpreted charlie's dealings with her her emotional as well as her mental attitude towards him changed she had scorned the man whom she believed to be her slave but her spirit humbled itself in the dust before him whom she recognized as her master as she had fallen in love with gabriel when he showed himself morally stronger than she so now she fell in love with charlie because he had shown himself physically stronger than she and she fell in love all the more deeply this time because she was one of those to whom the material world is ever more present than the spiritual and charlie had not only shown himself her superior as regards mere brute force there had been a look in his eye when he imagined that he was dealing direct with dr mukharji before which a braver man than ram chandar would have quailed much less a highly strong woman such as fabia herein she showed her oriental blood and training an englishwoman would have resented the outrage to her feminine dignity even if she did homage to the virile strength which prompted it but fabia belonged to a race whose women had long lived in slavery hugging their chains and when she recognized her lord and master she fell at his feet and owned his authority loving him all the more in that he had used her roughly and treated her with contempt as long as her husband placed the sceptre in her hands she merely belaboured him with it but as soon as he took his rightful place and invested himself with the insignia of his own sovereignty there was no more humble and devoted subject to be found in the whole realm of matrimony than she her soul had long ago been crying out for its master and had only so far found its mate now that at last it had discovered its master it was ready to fold its tired wings in the shelter of his strong arms and there to make its permanent resting-place when isabel arrived at the rooms in mount street the ayah ushered her at once into fabia's presence 
the latter was lying on a sofa looking rather pale and shaken but otherwise none the worse for what had happened for a second or two isabel stood looking at her and then simultaneously the two women burst out laughing it was a magnificent hoax fabia cried isabel as soon as she could speak simply magnificent i wouldn't have believed that any woman could have taken in half london so completely i think it was cleverly done clever it was marvellous and do you mean to say that ram chandar never came to england at all never i wanted him to do so but he refused and then i thought what fun it would be to personate him and perform some of the tricks which he had taught me and it was fun glorious fun i can believe it it must have been simply killing to hear all those women's secrets and give them advice i should have adored doing it i did but what made you begin in the first instance isabel asked dullness dullness pure and simple i was so bored that i felt i must do something to amuse myself or else i should go mad and this seemed a fairly harmless and yet absorbing pastime it was brilliantly contrived and carried out it was quite simple sadie took the rooms for me and i dressed up in native dress and a false black wig and beard you see i have sole control of all my own fortune charlie always refuses to touch a penny of it or to know how i spend it and with plenty of money at one's command everything is easy the mention of charlie recalled to isabel the purport of her errand that reminds me i've come to you with a message from charlie he is simply wild with anxiety to know how much you are hurt he need not be there are some bruises on my throat but that is all i am quite right again now the faintness soon passed off fabia i have come to plead with you for him he is so mad with horror at having knocked you down that he proposes never to see you again he thinks he isn't fit and he is full of a wild scheme of disappearing altogether and leaving gaythorne to you and his mother he even says he will go quietly away and shoot himself if you'd rather he was dead but oh fabia won't you forgive him he did not know what he was doing and he is so broken-hearted about it and there were tears in isabel's eyes fabia looked puzzled forgive him what have i to forgive forgive him for having knocked you down and hurt you isabel explained and after all as i said to him he didn't know it was you what if he had known i am his wife it was now isabel's turn to look puzzled i don't see what that has to do with it don't you to me it seems to have everything to do with it surely a man has the right to do what he will with his own isabel gasped to her western ideas this was flat heresy indeed but fabia the daughter of a long line of eastern women saw the matter in a different light it was one of her inherited instincts instincts which had come down to her through the purda and the harem that a husband is a lord and master and a wife a chattel and a slave an instinct is ever stronger than reason especially in elemental natures then do you mean to say that you don't resent his having treated you like that oh fabia resent it no a thousand times no and more than that added fabia sitting up in her eagerness a soft light coming into her beautiful eyes it has changed my whole life for it has made me fall in love with charlie fall in love with my own husband what do you mean isabel was so interested that she could hardly speak i mean that at last i see what a fool i have been and that there isn't and never was any other man in the world but charlie 
isabel don't you understand i used to despise him because he was so meek and so gentle and always let me have my own way and be as rude to him as i liked and i believed it was because he was weak and feeble and not a real man but i was a blind fool the usually deliberate fabia was now so excited that she could not get out her words fast enough they tumbled one over the other but when he thought i was a man and a man that he hated he treated me as he treats other men and i recognize him for the man he is oh you should have seen him when he said he was going to thrash me he looked like a greek god i never heard such a thing in my life isabel was well-nigh speechless this oriental attitude of mind was a thing as yet undreamed of in her philosophy fabia went on when i saw him look like that i loved him loved him with all my heart and soul and strength and when he took hold of me and i felt like a reed in his grasp i simply worshipped him i thought he was going to kill me and that made me adore him all the more i shouldn't have cared if he had it would have been a splendid death to be killed by his hand isabel continued to gasp with sheer amazement this new fabia was a revelation to her mrs seaton was occidental to her finger-tips and the idea of being slain by paul's hand did not offer the slightest attraction to her now i know what he looks like in a battle continued fabia now i know why his men are afraid of him he is a splendid hero and i've been treating him as if he were a stupid child what a fool what an arrant fool i have been by this time it occurred to isabel that it might be well for the hero to learn the surprising results of his prowess she judged and judged rightly that he would be if possible more astonished and certainly more delighted than she herself fabia i am going to fetch him she cried springing to her feet fabia caught her dress no no he will never forgive me i am not fit that he should ever speak to me again after the way i have treated him why i used to jeer at him and flout him and all the while i was not fit to black his boots isabel burst out laughing it was very funny to hear fabia speaking of charlie in so much the same terms as he had spoken of her well as you say you aren't fit to black his boots and as he has just told me that he isn't fit to black yours i should advise you both to go in for brown boots in the future if you want them well cleaned and then she hurried back to the waiting charlie he started up as she came into the room how is she what did she say can she ever forgive me his questions followed each other in rapid succession never waiting for an answer it's all right replied isabel as if she were speaking to an unhappy child there's nothing to worry about she isn't badly hurt she isn't hurt at all and oh charlie the most killing thing has happened she has fallen in love with you charlie looked dazed fallen in love with me after i've been such a brute to her what in heaven's name do you mean i mean exactly what i say and then isabel told him as briefly as she could of the unexpected turn that things had taken as she had anticipated he was as much astonished as she had been in fact this good news following so closely on his recent despair was almost too much for him but he quickly pulled himself together like the man he was by jove this beats cock-fighting was all that he could say at first and he said it several times then as the effects of the shock gradually subsided he announced his intention of going with all possible speed to his newly reconciled wife go at once replied isabel who was nothing if not practical i kept my handsome as i knew you'd want one in a hurry 
mrs seaton you're a brick cried charlie grasping her hand till the rings cut into her fingers and almost made her scream but look here charlie she added laying her uninjured hand upon his arm don't go and make the old mistake over again you have won fabia's love by showing her that you are her master now don't go and throw it away again by behaving like her slave but i can't behave like a brute to the poor darling yes you can like a nice brute the long and short of it is charlie that you've been much too meek women don't like meekness especially eastern women they spell it with a w and despise it remember the husband is the head of the wife and must behave himself accordingly is he charlie looked doubtful so the bible tells us does it by jove well there's no getting round the bible is there certainly not i've always had a sort of notion that it was the other way on that the wife was the head of the husband and all that kind of thing don't you know but i suppose i was up a wrong street you were an absolutely wrong one replied isabel firmly but considering that his own mother had been the living epistle known and read of charlie she felt that she could not altogether blame him for this misinterpretation of revealed truth well i'll try and get the right hang of the thing this time cried charlie as he escaped from isabel and jumped into the cab both he and fabia were sorely exercised as to what they should first say to each other they composed reams of pretty confessions which never saw the light but when the moment came they said nothing at all but just flew into each other's arms and blotted out all their past misunderstandings and misery with kisses as a patent past eraser there is nothing equal to a kiss it will remove every stain and make things generally as good as new some people endeavour to erase things by means of explanation but these are not a success they nearly always leave a larger mark than the original one as benzine often does but kisses rarely if ever fail they clear away everything provided of course that the genuine article is used and not a counterfeit and the genuine article comes straight from the heart End of chapter twenty two